Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double n. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 666 of the podcast and it is Thursday the 5th of January 2023 as I record this. So in today's show I'm talking to Mark Dawson about paid advertising, a quick look back at how things have changed in the last decade and why organic reach is not enough anymore and then we talk about some of the things you can do to market your books with lots of ideas across lots of different things. Now I'm sure many of you have goals this year of reaching more readers and selling more books. I certainly do like we all do every year. We are authors. This is what we do. (laughs) So hopefully this interview will give you some ideas. And that is coming up in the interview section. So in publishing and book marketing news, given this is the kind of first podcast episode of the year after my new year goals, let's talk about some trends. So Written Word Media has a post on the top publishing trends for 2023, and you won't be surprised to hear that the use of AI is topping the list across writing, art and audiobook narration. Links in the show notes as ever. So I'm sure many of you have now tried ChatGPT for various things. Yesterday, I used it to brainstorm a title for the short story that I've uh, referred to, the one with the combat photographer. And I wasn't happy with the one I had, and neither was my editor, because she did the first pass edit on the short story and said, yeah, that title's not right. And I knew it wasn't right. I just didn't know what to do. So I went on to ChatGPT and I asked for options for titles using words associated with photography, eyesight and demons, (laughs) which gives you some idea of what this story is about. And I just kept repeating the prompt until I got 45 options that I, you know, a whole load of them, most of them were not great. But out of that, I got four titles that I thought were good. And I recombined some of the words, but it it just, I sometimes think about these tools as sort of expanded brain or a faster brain or a way to use an extended thesaurus. And anyway, so this came up with all these options. I have four titles I like, I chose the best one that I thought, but then I sent them all back to my editor uh, for the final draft. Now, usually I'm pretty certain on my titles. But this story is kind of, uh, it's a strange little story. I will be putting it out in February after my Kickstarter. It has an AI generated image as the cover. I've been using uh, AI for various other things like the sales description. um, And I'll be doing a blog post on all the different ways that I've used AI in this story. But at heart, I've actually, I had the idea for the story years ago when, when I read a a war photographer, combat photographer memoir. And then I also had eye surgery. And uh, the whole whole load of things came into this story. It's been a process of years, but I will do a blog post on it. But it's, it's, it's just one of those little stories that won't let you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so Mark and I also talk about the use of AI for marketing in the interview coming up. And I am particularly excited about the emergence of text to video, which might mean I do more video again after reducing my use of video over the last sort of five years. I will be doing some more personal video for the pilgrimage launch, actually. Really, this is the first time I've ever done 
well, I say ever, it's the first time I've done like a proper launch for years. I'll come back to that in the personal section. So related to the AI stuff, there has been much debate over how chat GPT and other language models like it might disrupt search. The type of search that's exploratory, not specifically like, you know, a news related item, but more exploratory search. So, for example, if I'm world, I was world building something and I was like, what are the five main what are the five main sort of categories of oceans in the world? And then I sort of drilled down into that around the creatures that lived in those oceans and how one might combine that. This is the mermaid idea that I had, you know, how you might combine these different creatures with merfolk to make different creatures. So that kind of search where you're using it to expand ideas is a type of search. And I do use Google for these things right now. But what Google Uh, returns currently as I record this at the beginning of January 2023 is quite different to what ChatGPT does. So what the news is, is that Microsoft has announced that they will incorporate ChatGPT into Bing. Now, Bing, you may say, I haven't heard about that for years. And who uses it? I think it's about 2% of search goes through Bing, which is the Microsoft search engine. But Microsoft essentially put a lot of money into OpenAI, which uh, runs ChatGPT and GPT-3 and all the these these tools, that, well, and Dolly, which I've talked about. And they're essentially, a, you know, an AI company. And Microsoft has licensed a lot of these products. So already they have, like three years ago now, they talked about incorporating GPT-3 into Microsoft Word. So if you use Word, if you use any kind of autocorrect, if you use Microsoft products, it it incorporates a lot of AI stuff. And in fact, everything does now. But what's very interesting is search has been so dominated by Google for two decades, really. And it's the basis of their business model. Well, the basis as Google, of course, the company is Alphabet, and they have a lot of products under Alphabet, a bit like Meta, where Facebook is one of their products. But being with Microsoft, I was like, that is crazy, because hell yeah, I'd probably use another search engine if it's free, because at some point, ChatGPT is going to be a paid product. So that's really, really interesting. It's also interesting because we take these things for granted. We take it for granted that Google is the search engine and that's that. Um, but like Jonathan, my husband, uses DuckDuckGo. He uses some other search engines. Um, Brave, no, Brave is a browser. Like He uses different search things um, and ways of using the internet that aren't so trackable. Uh, I'm not so bothered about it. <laughs> but yes, will we all be using Bing this year? There is a good question. And how will that change the way search works? Now, Google has its own language model that could blow this out the water. But whether they release it or not is very interesting. So, yeah, it's going to be a big year. On other AI things, Apple also announced AI narration just before Christmas. I can't remember if I'd already shared that, but they are partnering with draft digital and Ingram. So now Google and Apple have AI narration. Spotify certainly accept AI narrated books, as do Kobo. And my own A Thousand Fiendish Angels is on those services and loads of others, in fact. And I would I would expect this year that ACX slash Audible will announce something around AI narration. Uh, If they don't, then yeah, certainly next year. (laughs) We shall see. 
Now, talking about Audible, Brandon Sanderson wrote about them in his annual roundup, and I'll again link in the show notes the State of the Sanderson 2022. Now, if you remember, Brandon's Kickstarter of over 41 million dollars was the biggest Kickstarter ever, and in fact, his company he has、uh, in that report too. It's something like 60 employees now, which probably makes Brandon's company one of the larger independent publishing houses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fascinating, but he has chosen not to use Audible. Choosing to use Spotify, which owns Findaway Voices, as an audio partner for his distribution, he says, "Audible has grown to a place where it's very bad for authors. It's a good company doing bad things. They treat authors very poorly, particularly indie authors. The deal Audible demands of them is unconscionable." And I'm hoping that providing market forces and talking about the issue with a megaphone will encourage change in a positive direction. I don't want to go to war, but I do have to call them out. This is shameful behaviour. I'm not putting these books on Audible, and those are the books that he did through the Kickstarter. Not for a year, at least, maybe longer. I need to be able to make a statement. So yes, what a statement! <laughs> Given how much, how many people Brandon has who support him,、uh, it's pretty incredible. So this statement underpins the Audible Gate movement. There is a website, AudibleGate.com. This is nothing new. This has been going on for years, and there are legal attempts to try and make a fair deal for authors and narrators. So just go to AudibleGate.com, and、uh, there's a you know this thing about fair deal. The Alliance of Independent Authors has been supporting this, and yeah, lots going on behind the scenes to try and make this better. But that is the first sort of statement I've seen from such a big name. Now, personally, I've been wide with my audiobooks for years now. I go through FindawayVoices.com, and they distribute my audiobooks to forty-two different audiobook services across the world. I also sell direct audio on my store, CreativePenBooks.com, and the、uh, audio there is distributed by BookFunnel through their app, and it's brilliant. It's just the same; it's just another app on your phone. And I still sell audio on Audible, but I am non-exclusive with all my more recent audiobooks. And I am slowly making my way out of the contracts I signed earlier in my career around royalty split and exclusivity, which I made when there was no other option. And this is definitely a lesson learned. I've talked about this before, but I have few regrets in my author life. I just take things as lessons learned. These are some other lessons learned, but I kind of regret it. Is that I signed these royalty split exclusive to ACX deals. Between around 2014 and 2018, I think it was,、um, I signed them back when there was no other option, and I couldn't imagine other options. And that is the mistake we make. Similar to the Google slash Bing thing, we get trapped into thinking that there is no other option, or that this dominant force is the thing that will continue forever. But as <laughs> we talk about things. Change, and if you control your rights, you can do what you like. So as soon as、uh, I was able to, I jumped on to find a way, and they, you know, you don't have to be exclusive to anyone there. And essentially, that's my preference now. And、uh, returning to the written word media publishing trends, another trend. 
As I've just mentioned, the rise of authors selling direct. I think Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter probably encouraged lots of people um, finding other ways to sell books other than just the big tech stores. Now, that's nothing new for many of us. I've certainly been selling direct uh, since the beginning, 2008. But for those authors who have relied on one retailer or one publisher, it seems many are losing faith that such an approach will continue to be sustainable. Now, multiple streams of income has always been one of my catchphrases, but good to see is considered a trend. There are also lots of articles about how TikTok and BookTok as a marketing avenue might change this year. And I've always thought that TikTok was like YouTube on steroids. And I remember when YouTube was just funny cat videos. (laughs) I mean, probably around what, 2004, 2003, 2004, something time around then. And then became this huge commerce vehicle. And TikTok is moving so fast, it's like the same trajectory, just a lot quicker. And of course, many authors are doing incredibly well with it. Mark mentioned some later, uh, but not just Colleen Hoover. There are lots of authors doing well, but there are problems emerging. For example, the US has just banned TikTok on government devices, as there's the concern it's owned by a Chinese company and uh, things are not all well between the US and China. Some are calling for TikTok to be banned altogether because of the amount of data that is uh, going through it. Now, creators, TikTok creators are saying that the algorithms perpetuate bias and there are issues around compensation for creators. And some users say that it's becoming too commercial and what used to be this organic love of products, various things, is now about paid options. And it's so funny because, again, it's exactly the same trajectory on every single platform that happens. This is just another platform, the same issues, but at super speed, like what took, I don't know, more than a decade for YouTube to go from the beginning to super commercial. TikTok's just, what, a couple of years old. Uh, Rolling Stone has an interesting article about how BookTok will change publishing in 2023, going into detail on many of these issues. Links in the show notes. Now, there will definitely be a shakeout of social media platforms and usage and what they do in 2023. But as ever, it's about finding a way to reach and connect with your readers, whatever works best for you and your lifestyle and what is sustainable. So more discussion on that with Mark in the interview coming shortly. So in my personal update, as well as editing my short story, I've been doing all the prep for my pilgrimage Kickstarter. I'm narrating the audiobook. I've been working with my designer on the special editions, which the hardback, by the way, is gorgeous. (laughs) I'm so happy. I'm so happy with it. I've been writing the sales page. And thanks to my patrons who've given me valuable feedback on that page. The Kickstarter launches on 23rd of January 2023. If you go to thecreativepen.com forward slash pilgrimage, that will forward on to either the Kickstarter or if you're listening to this in the future, then it will go to the sales page uh, where you can find the book on other platforms later in the year. You can pre-register to be notified as I do have some consulting sessions, a limited number, which I don't usually do. So if that's of interest, definitely pre-register. If you've never backed a Kickstarter before, and I guess uh, many of you won't have, it is essentially buying direct from the author. And of course, there are fees, but they're less than the money we have to pay to the other platforms. And you choose a pledge level. So for me, the main reason for doing the Kickstarter is the special hardback edition 
which I have a copy of here. I've done it through Book Vault. And look, I will never do a hardback on the other print-on-demand services again because this this is beautiful. It feels lovely. It's just got this lovely feel. It has a flyleaf wraparound cover. It has colour photos inside. I didn't even think this was possible to do without uh, specialist printing, but I guess this is specialist printing. But it's so... I'm proud of all my books, right? I love all my books, but I have never done a truly beautiful print product before. I have never done a special print run. I have never made a beautiful physical object like this. So I am, I'm actually quite in love with it. And I want to do, I almost want to go back and redo special editions for everything. Of course I won't. (laughs) But I will be looking at this going forward as a really interesting model and think about what else I can do. So again, if you've never backed a Kickstarter before, you can buy the special editions or you can just buy the usual ebook, audiobook and print on demand paperback and hardback. You can also add on special things. So I'm bundling some of my fiction and non-fiction. There's a workbook. I'm going to have, like I mentioned, the consulting sessions. And yeah, the main reason for doing it, because of course I will publish all these other things elsewhere eventually, but in order to do the print run for, for the signed and numbered editions, I need to give money to the printer and then those books will be shipped to me. I'll sign them all and then I have to put them all in envelopes and send them to you if you would like one. And I have never done this before. Uh, I, I haven't done a launch like this ever. <laughs> so it's a lot of work, but do you know, I am really happy that I've done this. The content means a lot. It is a pretty personal travel midlife memoir and if you've ever been interested in aspects of my own faith journey and why I'm not a Christian anymore, (laughs) uh, if you're interested in some of my travel stuff, if you're interested, if you're um, uh, um, interested in what happens at midlife, (laughs) if you're at all interested in the mindset stuff that I've gone through in the couple of in the last few years, it's all in the book. So it is also packed full of tips about solo walking, about pilgrimage, and also some of the aspects of the places that I visited. I'm really happy with the book. And yeah, I'm going to do, there will be a video as part of the Kickstarter where I show you the book. Obviously, you can't touch it, but it will give you more of an idea about it. So that video will be at thecreativepen.com forward slash pilgrimage. And of course, if you sign up to be notified of the Kickstarter, you don't have to buy anything. It just means you will get notified and you'll be first in the queue. So yes, that's at thecreativepen.com forward slash pilgrimage. So thanks for your emails and tweets and comments over the last few weeks and for pictures of you listening around the world over the holidays or reading some of my books. I love to hear from you. Also, thanks to those who shared your roundup of uh, 2022 and your goals for 2023. Brilliant to hear from you. There are so many that I'm not actually going to share any today but I do love to hear from you it makes this more of a conversation so we're kind of resetting Uh, you can tweet me at the creative pen send me pictures of where you're listening leave a comment on the blog or the youtube channel you can email me joanna at the creative pen.com I love to hear from you it makes this more of a conversation
So this episode is sponsored by Drafter Digital, and I will play a word from Kevin in a minute. Personally, I use Drafter Digital for publishing to Nook and library platforms, as well as for my co-authored book, The Relaxed Author, with Mark Leslie Lefebvre, as Drafter Digital do payment splitting. So if you co-write, it's super useful. They also have lots of promotions you can join, and so much helpful information at draftedigital.com. More tips from Kevin in a minute. So this type of corporate sponsorship pays for the hosting, transcription and editing, but my time is sponsored by my wonderful patrons. I am especially grateful to those patrons who continue to support the show for years and months. You're amazing. It demonstrates you find the show useful and want it to continue. Now, a big heartfelt thanks today at the beginning of 2023 because I had a really big drop off in support at the end of the year. Now, I understand that situations change, of course, and difficult times economically, but I also had a load of new patrons. So thank you so much to new and returning patrons this week. Alison, well, I guess from the last couple of weeks, (laughs) Alison Ching, Pia Franchisi, Michael Howell, Tara Brinkley, Taryn Donahue, Eliezer Shaw, Kim Cox, Anna Maria Anderson, Barbarella Haymaker, Nancy Clements, Lorna and Kathy Norville. I really appreciate all the support on Patreon. And if you do support the show, you'll get the extra monthly Q&A for patrons only, which is around 45 minutes of audio where I answer questions about writing craft, publishing, book marketing, making money, AI, (laughs) any of that stuff. I also share discount codes, behind the scenes information, early access and more. You can support the show with just a few dollars or a few more if you like, and lots of different currencies are supported. You can support the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Right, here's a word from Drafter Digital and then we'll get into the interview. Hi, this is Kevin Tomlinson with Drafter Digital bringing you DDD smart author tip number 13. You, everywhere. That's one of our goals here at DDD. We're aiming to build tools that help you and your books be everywhere that your readers might be looking. And to do that, We've built a whole bunch of tools that you can use for free. Author pages, book tabs, reading lists, universal book links, those are just some of the ways we've got you covered in the world. And of course, we also distribute your books to hundreds of retailers, subscription services, and libraries all over the world. Helping you reach more readers is what we're here for. And we keep improving on that every day. Draft a digital. We are self-publishing with support. Find more at d2d.tips/creativepen. That's pen with two ends because we're big on the numeral 2 around here. Mark Dawson is the award-winning USA Today best-selling author of the John Milton series and other thrillers with over 6 million copies sold. He's also the co-founder of selfpublishingformula.com with books, courses, and events for indie authors who want to sell more books. Today, we're talking about how to use paid advertising as part of your book marketing. So welcome back to the show, Mark. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Third time. 
Fourth time? Yeah, I reckon it might be the fifth time. I mean, oh my goodness. I know, doing this together for a while. And in fact, that does bring us to the first question because you recently tweeted a great thread and you did a blog post and things about your lessons learned from a decade of being an indie author. And I reckon I was there at the beginning. Would that be right? We met quite soon after you got started. I would say we met two years after that, perhaps. So yeah, I I thought my decade was next November, but Amazon contacted me in like early November 2022 and said, your anniversary is coming up. Do you mind if we post something on our Facebook feed? And I checked and obviously they they were right. I, I published 2012 it was my first book. So uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's a good opportunity to look back and see how things have changed. And I've been full-time since 20 goodness I don't know now 16 something like that so about six seven years and yeah. it's just been the most fantastic second career really I, I have to pinch myself sometimes to think I can still do this and make a living out of it yeah and I think that's what's exciting and I often say to people that a lot of this journey is learning from other people who have been doing this longer or doing it differently or who are still here I think that's the other thing the more the years go by the more we know people who've disappeared and fallen off off the radar stop writing and there's absolutely nothing wrong with people leaving the career you know we've come into this career but things change some things change some things say the same but I did want to pick up since this is about advertising I want to pick up one of the things you said in your long list which I will link to in the show notes if people read the whole thing But you said in that list, advertising used to be a luxury. It isn't anymore. It's a necessity. So I wonder if we could just take a step back and think about when do you think things changed? When did organic reach stop being effective on its own? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a kind of organic reach becoming less effective and also just so much more noise you need to cut through now, by which I mean other authors advertising or other choices for readers to get their whatever they want to read next, you have to shout a little bit louder now to put your book in front of them. But on the organic reach, so I I suppose we should probably say organic reach is effectively publicity that you don't have to pay for on social media. So back in the good old days, maybe eight or nine years ago, you could post something on your Facebook feed and it would get through to a good number of your followers without you needing to spend anything to amplify it. And Everyone knew that that couldn't last forever. Eventually, Facebook was going to monetize that and turn itself into one of the biggest advertising platforms in the world. And that happened. I don't know exactly when that would be. I'm going to say five, six, seven years ago, Mm. it became less and less easy to reach your followers without having to pay for the privilege. And it started off with boosting posts became a thing. So I remember spending 10 or $20 to amplify the message so that more readers would see what I was trying to tell them. But then... They added different abilities and different mechanisms that enabled you to reach different segments of your potential readership. And the advertising platform was was built. And things have just continued from there. I don't know what the percentage is now in terms of how many people would see your updates without you having to pay, but it will be low single digits, I would have thought, in terms of percentages. But of course, it's not just social media or Facebook or wherever. It's also Amazon and the other stores online in that back in the days of the so-called gold rush, which never really was, you could upload Mm. your Kindle book. And there were so few books (laughs) back then in 2008, 2009, when it all kicked off, you could upload a book with a terrible cover. And I wish I'd taken screen prints back when the Kindle launched as to how many books were in the store. But organic reach back then was like, literally, you'd upload a book and people would buy it. And (laughs) that's also gone, hasn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. And I remember this just as I started publishing, so 10, 11 years ago, you, the, the kind of the trend was either free books, because the rankings were different then. So if you had a free download that counted pretty much the same as a sale in terms of the algorithm. So you get loads and loads of visibility when you ran a free promotion over the free days that you had with Select. And then you had the 99 pence promotions back, backed up by sites like Pixel of Ink, a free booksy, bargain booksy. Bookbub came a little bit later, but it was a big entry in, into the market. And you could do really, really well with kind of priming the algorithm, and then it would continue to sell after the promotion had ended. But as you say, those days are gone now. There's, I think there's something like 11 million books on the Kindle store now. And you know, most of those will probably not, they won't be being promoted. So it's easy to rank above them, but you do have to do something now more proactively than just uploading and crossing your fingers, which kind of, it did work a little bit back in the day. And I think this is why sort of having a quick retrospective is good because things change all the time. I mean, I don't know when the last time we did an interview, but possibly it was before TikTok. I mean, 2022 mm. was a year of TikTok taking Colleen Hoover into the stratosphere and a whole load yep. of other authors taking advantage of that. But things change every year. There's new platforms. I mean, when I first started out, it was MySpace. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think now. Things change. Some things stay the same. So let's get into what's happening right now. So we're recording this at the beginning of 2023. So what are the main paid advertising options for authors right now? And how is advertising different to other forms of marketing? Well, paid, the paid platforms, the, the two main ones are Facebook and Amazon. So those will be the primary levers that you can pull as an author to, to start generating sales or, or finding readers. The kind of the third major platform, not as important as the first two, but still important is, is BookBub. So I mean, BookBub's been, been around now for ages. They've got millions and millions of people on their lists. Also offer an a, advertising platform that you can use as well. So those would be the three main paid platforms. But then kind of bubbling up around those are lots of other opportunities to, to do the same thing. So TikTok is definitely a thing now, as you said. We saw Colleen Hoover go into the stratosphere last year, basically because of her brilliant TikTok strategy. We've seen people like Lucy Score, who's a friend of the SPF um, podcast, recently, some one of her readers, a book talker, put something together for one of her books, and it shot straight back up to the top of the charts again. And Lucy is quite sure that the, the reason for that was because of TikTok. So there are things developing all the time. I mean, who knows, maybe even Twitter will become a platform. I, I doubt it, given the way that Musk is running it at the moment, but it's not impossible that that could become a platform that has an effect, ne never has been before in terms of selling books, but, you know, things change so it's definitely something worth keeping an eye on mm, it's so interesting isn't it because i uh, and again we're recording this in january 2023 T twitter is still around it's going through a lot of difficulties a lot of people have left but it's it could become a completely different type of platform and, and also a lot of people have gone to linkedin it's so funny as a non-fiction author in the self-help space as i am and you have i know some free stuff in non-fiction but non-fiction authors i mean now looking at linkedin advertising again which mm -hmm. which to me is kind of funny so it's also what when what goes around comes back around in some cases and even as new things emerge like you mentioned TikTok I mean still like you said Facebook still going Amazon ads uh, still going so I guess the message there is yes try new things but don't discount the old things no, I mean, it's worth experimenting on all of the platforms that, that are available and finding the one that works for you and also that you enjoy. I think it's important if you can find a platform that you feel most comfortable on. I'm 
I'm comfortable on Facebook and Amazon, not really confident on TikTok. I don't have a problem with doing videos and things. I just have a problem with finding the time to do them properly. For that reason, it will probably be something I don't really concentrate on because you can't do everything. But then if you look at I me, mean, authors like Adam Bezik, who again, one of our SBS alumni, he just posted, he's had a six figure year from nothing, effective a standing start. He's a nurse in, in the UK writing fantasy books and yeah he's gone from zero to six figures and it's all based on tiktok nothing else really and it's that's amazing to see and he's kind of comfortable on the platform he's demonstrated that you don't have to write romance which is one of the things we hear now and again that tiktok only works for romance and genres of romance adam writes tiktok james my copa's uh, presenter at the sps show he writes military aviation and he's made tiktok work for him so i think the message is experiment find out what you like and find out what works and then do more of that yeah, absolutely. And then just let's just address how paid advertising is different to other forms of marketing, because just to be clear, you're on the show and lots of people are listening and you didn't pay me to come on the show. And neither of us take, I, don't, I believe, we don't take paid guests on no. our our podcast because we want to offer value to our audience and we get paid in other ways through affiliate or sponsorship or other marketing. So to me, podcasting is the basis really of content marketing for me as Joanna Penn, my nonfiction books. And then I guess email marketing would be another really big pillar. Some people are still using blogging or articles on other websites. So those types of things would be, I guess, earned marketing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I do the podcast for SPS and we enjoy doing it. It's fun. We try and give value every week, but of course we are running a business there and it is really good marketing for us, for people to know who we are, what we do and the courses that we have available and things we can offer. So that's great. Amazon asked me just before Christmas if I'd do an article, if I'd be interviewed for Business Insider. So I said, yes, it was a little bit of time in terms of the interview and a few follow-up questions, but that's something that will have introduced me, not, not really for readers, I don't think, but more for people who want to sell books and to be more effective in marketing their books. That will introduce me to an audience who might not otherwise have heard of me. And that was... The only thing that I had to spend was my time. There was no money involved in that. It was set up by Amazon. I just had to answer some questions. And that can be really, really effective in terms of reaching lots of people at scale. So this chat now, I mean, I know you've got thousands of listeners. We have thousands of listeners. It's a really good way to um, do something that's quite enjoyable and also reach lots of people. Mm, yeah. So listeners, don't discount the free things. I've had many guests on here. Dory Clark was the most recent one who sent me an email later saying, wow, your podcast audience really do buy books. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who bought Dory's book by listening to this show. So you can definitely shift books uh, through other ways, but we are focusing on paid ads as part of this because it, it feels like, again, I know this having been podcasting since 2009, it takes a long time to build up these audiences when you're building it slowly for free and it, it, it takes years. Whereas with paid ads, you can pay and get traffic. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So it's either your time or it's your money or it's a combination of both. I think both of us really do a combination of both now, don't we? Yes, definitely. So, I mean, in terms of kind of moving it to the author side of things, in terms of actually writing and building an audience, a really good free way of doing that. And I'm going to sound like a broken record because I say this all the time, but one of the best ways, still one of the best ways is to build your mailing list and to do that effectively, put something at the end of a book, offering something else that will be of interest to the reader 
get them to join your mailing list and then you have them on a platform that you own and control you're not at the whim of zuckerberg or musk or bezos or any anybody you can control that platform and then reach them when you've got something that you want to tell them about so a new book or a promotion anything and that doesn't cost you anything that's a little bit of time in order to set that up perhaps to write something that would be of interest doesn't have to be a novella it could be anything at all really and then that will just work in the background and you will grow your mailing list on autopilot which is that's that's the goal isn't it that, that's the least effort most results that's worked for me for all of my career and it's still it's still the most effective platform that i have ahead of the paid options well, and, and again, to re-emphasize what's old is new again. I mean, email's never gone away. I mean, people no. kept saying, well, social media will kill e- email, but it hasn't. And in fact, many people are saying social media might be dead in 2023, which I definitely don't believe, but people cutting back on social media time, but still reading email. <laughs> so I yep. agree with you. I mean, I've also built my business on email and so po- my podcast, this podcast is my second thing I would definitely keep along with the website. But yeah, that's really important. But l- let's get into uh, so a quick fire round <laughs> of oh, okay. some of the most asked questions that people are always emailing me and I'm sure they email you all the time. So quick fire round. Does paid advertising only work for certain types of books? No, definitely not. It works It works for everything, really. Do you think advertising is, is there are no categories of a product that someone would go, oh, advertising doesn't work for that. Not that I'm aware of anyway. It's your your ideally finding an audience that's interested in what you've got to sell and then you're putting a message telling them about what you've got to sell in front of them so it doesn't really matter what books you're writing you just got to make sure that there's an audience for those books on the platform that you're using so facebook is huge amazon is huge effectively amazon is like a is a search engine that's kind of a shop as well facebook has all kinds of people from all kinds with all kinds of different interests available to, for you to reach we get people saying, can you advertise kids' books? That's a fairly common one. And yes, definitely. I have a series of, what, nearly six kids' books. And I use Amazon and Facebook ads to build that audience. And that works quite well. Nonfiction definitely works. In, in some ways, it's easier because you're identifying a problem that the reader wants to have solved. And it's usually quite easy to find other people with the same problem or the same issue. And then you can put your ads in front of those people. So yes, I'm not aware of any book that wouldn't be able to, to be advertised effectively. In fact, just on that, I'm pretty excited about my next book, which is Pilgrimage. And it is a solo walking book. And I'm excited because I, I, you know, my other genres, it can be quite competitive to do paid ads. But I really think there is possibly nobody else who wants to advertise a book on Pilgrimage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you could do really well with that. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, that's what I was thinking. I feel like it's a niche market that I don't feel like a load of authors are going to rush into. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I think unless, of course, you, you I start you, a trend, you, you start a trend. And exactly then um, this time next year, there'll be a huge subcategory on Amazon and it'll be your oh fault. <laughs> oh, fun. OK, is it worth advertising one book or is it only worth doing for a series? It's easy to do for a series, definitely, because you have what we call read through. So if someone buys the first book and they like it, the next book they buy is probably going to be the second book. And that's definitely the case if you're it's a series with a recurring character like my Milton books. But I would not dismiss advertising if you've only got one book. It is more difficult, but it's not impossible to turn a profit. And again, I look at James. Um, James posted it in the 20 books group yesterday, actually, I think, as we record this, kind of summed up his first 18 months or so of advertising his one book. And he turned a small profit. Now, the 
so he's not going to be able to retire on that. But you've got to remember what he's also done is built an audience whilst effectively at a cost zero basis. He wasn't actually paying for that because it was covered by the money that he was making. So it is possible to do. It is more difficult. I would recommend definitely if you've got one book and you're intending to write more than building an audience with lead generation ads, finding readers who would be interested in your books or in your subsequent books is something that I would definitely do if I was starting out again. I would start to build that readership as quickly as possible and build it as big as I could because that then gives you an audience to uh, who's ready to, to buy the book when you're ready to release it. Mm, and again, of course, coming back to pilgrimage as an example, if you have a nonfiction book where you can have a higher price, for example, compared to, let's say, a romance novel or a thriller, where your price is, I guess, more controlled by the rest of the market. If you have a higher price book, or you have other forms of income off the back end of it. So if, again, for nonfiction, that might be affiliate links, or it might be a course, it might be your consulting, you know, a lot of nonfiction authors as long as you break even or even if it costs money, they're happy to do ads because it brings in leads for their business. So I think it's really important to consider all the different types of books and it doesn't need to be a $3.99 Kindle book. No, it, no. it could Absolutely. be something else. One thing I'd say for you, I mean, this is kind of a consultation coming up now. <laughs> Just I, I would be quite excited for that book because there's a lot you could do that's, that's in terms of finding your audience you could do things like maps you could give away annotated maps of the routes that you've taken and that could be the camino you could have a map about the camino with a few notes and then of course you link as, as they get that by email the next thing they get is a link to the actual book itself and they they would probably be quite interested in that and then in terms of kind of i hate monetizing but that we, we might as well use that word you could have the kit that you used you could have it on your website you've probably done this already and then have affiliate links that would take people to amazon and you'd get a commission if they bought a hundred dollar pair of hiking boots there's loads of, of things that you could do that i couldn't do as a fiction writer um mm. because it is a, a it's a different story that you're telling um with different opportunities to reach readers and then to to offer them things yeah, absolutely. And I'm doing a whole load of special editions that are higher priced as well. And yeah. again, just to say to people, because I'm, I'm selling a lot direct now through my Shopify store, creativepenbooks.com, <laughs> take a drink, <laughs> that I can make more money on print books. And of course, when we sell, mm -hmm. doing ads to print books is not so common for mainstream fiction authors, because the profit on Amazon, for example, isn't that high. So no. I've, I, and also audiobooks as well, becoming, uh, for example, doing ads on I'm looking at the Spotify platform to do ads for audiobooks now Spotify has audiobooks so this is the thing there's always different opportunities for different formats different price points so I want people to think beyond just Kindle on Amazon right it's, it can be everything it, yeah absolutely and then you can take everything you just thought of in English and then multiply it by all the languages that you might be able to sell it in so in German big market now I got an email from Bella Andre yes yesterday oh. weirdly enough I haven't heard of her for a little while but Bella might be speaking at the conference in June oh that she's be fantastic yeah yeah I mean Bella's great and she's been doing it for a long time and I won't kind of spoil too much about what she might talk about but she's absolutely crushing it in translation at the moment and not just in German so that's something that I, I haven't done. I've got German nailed with about 45 books in German now, but I haven't managed to figure out the Latin languages because I'm, I might be under the misapprehension that they hate Amazon. Maybe they don't because it looks like Bella might have cracked that one. So that could be something for me this year is you know, let's look again at the French and the Spanish and the Italian markets. Millions of readers who've never heard of me, but will probably like my books. Really exciting. Yes. And those ad platforms often have very few people on. So, yeah. And again, it feels like some people say, oh, it's too late 
to get into this. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what do you think about the no, it's no, too late it's people? Definitely not. We're on the same page on this. I mean, Amazon has a, a motto. It's always day it's one. It's always day one. Yeah. I had lunch with someone, took their laptop out and there's a decal on the lid saying it's always day one. And from their perspective is, you know, it's we are still at the beginning of, you, see, you know, Amazon's been around for 20, 25 years now. But it, from their perspective and in, in terms of the wider scope of history, they're still a baby company with huge amounts of growth that they can still find. And and that's definitely the case for us. I've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing this for longer than that. And because we can kind of find ourselves in an echo chamber sometimes where we talk to each other and we're like, oh, I remember when he was around or when she was doing this. And it feels like ancient history, but it isn't. You know, most readers still read in print which is great because eventually they they will move to digital and then we'll be waiting for them. And these are hundreds of thousands, millions and millions of readers who, as I say, have never heard of us before. And they're just waiting to be introduced to what we've got to sell them and tell them and you know, in things we can, that they can enjoy. Mm. Uh, you know, it's really exciting. Yeah, I think so too. And again, we wouldn't still be around <laughs> if, it, if if this was boring for us or, or we weren't still excited about it. So just another couple of things. Has Apple... The, the new privacy rules broken Facebook ads? No, definitely not. And I, I see this, everyone panicked about this. And I was, you know, I was a little bit concerned until we realized exactly what had happened. And what's happened is Amazon is, sorry, Apple is much more concerned now about privacy. They're definitely using that as a reason why you'd want to invest in, in an iPhone or an iPad because they will look after your data, or so they say. So what they've done is they've effectively prevented, it was like Facebook from uh, using what we call cookies to track you across the internet. So what Facebook would do is you would have a Facebook pixel on your web page, and you would then build an audience that you could serve ads to comprised of people who visited that web page. Facebook would be told that they would say this person, all these hundred people all visited this website. You can now serve these people um, ads. Apple's made it difficult to do that if you're using Apple products to, to surf the internet. So it has, it's definitely hobbled that particular aspect of Facebook and other marketing. Google, Google offers that as well, but it hasn't really affected the Facebook platform itself. So Facebook is, if you think of it as a walled garden with lots and lots of different ways to reach the people within the walled garden. So interests, lookalike audiences, all kinds of different facilities to build the audiences they want to advertise to. What Apple's done has had no effect on that whatsoever. So yeah, it's affected kind of a slightly more sophisticated marketing, but it hasn't affected the simple and most effective advertising that's always worked. Mm, so just as a practical example, if author Mark Dawson targets Jack Reacher interest on Facebook, that's all within Facebook. So yeah. that the whole Apple thing doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, that, that makes great sense. Thanks for explaining that. And then the other question that's happening a lot is Amazon ads are too expensive. Uh, new authors have no chance. So are Amazon ads just too expensive? No, they're not. One thing I would say, a bit of advice there is if people are start, starting to do Amazon ads for the first time, you'll see when you're setting your ads up, Amazon will give you a suggested bid. And that suggested bid has nothing to do with books. That is looking at all of the, it's a number they, I don't know exactly how they come up with it, but it looks at other products, not just including books. So you know, things that cost $200 when you could afford to, to bid 150 per click because there's a really big margin for you there. If we start following those suggested bids blindly, and I do see this all the time, authors will go in, they'll bid above the suggested bid because they think they have to in order to have their ads 
shows on the platform, it will be too expensive. And unless you've got a really deep series with lots of read through and lots of profit, you can't bid one fifty on a two ninety nine um, book because the numbers just do not work. So don't look at that. Don't be afraid to bid beneath that. It is a question of testing. It's a competitive marketplace and some clicks are going to be more expensive than other clicks, depending on on the authors and the advertisers that you're competing with. But it is something that that can still work at at lower bids, more competitive bids, but you are going to have to experiment and test test quite a bit to make sure you, you get things right. Mm, absolutely. So if people are thinking now of trying ads or maybe trying again, because <laughs> I mean, and I know this, I mean, you go in, you try, what's so funny is, I don't know if, well, you wouldn't remember this as before we met, I tried Facebook ads when they first came out and I, I've still got a blog post on my site and it was really, really early on when it was super basic and I just didn't like it. So I stopped doing it. And then and then like, it was probably like, whatever, a year later when you started doing things and just doing amazing. And I was like, right, I got to try again. <laughs> And this just happens to me every year. I'm like, right, I'm going to try again with ads. So anyone listening, if you're like, oh, I just, uh, just over it. And now I'm going to try again. If you could think of what is the biggest mistake that indie authors make with advertising that you could help them avoid (laughs) this time around? Well, it's not understanding the platform, I think is probably the main thing. You do need to, to learn how to do it properly so you don't need to be a genius to do ads effectively you don't need to be great at maths or to have you know really understand data you need a a kind of a surface level of understanding so you can see what's working and what isn't but what i wouldn't recommend is just going onto facebook or amazon and then just kind of closing your eyes and hoping for the best because that's probably going to be quite expensive and won't work I tried that when I started out. I did that with Facebook ads and I couldn't get them to work. And it was, I'm just very grateful that I tried something else, which did work and led to a fairly explosive growth in, in terms of the book sales because no one else was really doing it the way I was doing it back in those days. So yeah, you, you need to learn and you don't have to learn from me. There are a few people out there I would recommend now from generalists. You teach all kinds of people how to advertise to other authors who know what they're doing, but you do need to learn. The other thing I would say is, your product, and you know this. This I, I, I tried quite hard to be honest about this. You are going to also have to know when to stop being an artist and start being a business person. And you need to see your book not as a labor of love, although of course it is. At the point that you're trying to sell it, it is effectively a widget that you're trying to to sell, interest someone so that they might go and buy it and read it. So you need to be able to to make that switch, and you need to make sure that your product is as professional as possible because you're going to be competing with the traditional publishers who have their great covers great blurbs well-known authors you're going to be competing with authors like me and the authors that we teach at spf so you want to make sure that your product is absolutely as perfect as it can be so the cover's got to be on point your blurb you certainly can't have any typos it's got to effectively tell the reader what they're going to get and then you want to make sure that you're targeting effectively and in terms of both uh relevant potential readers and in a way that's cost effective so not rushing basically is is have a great product don't rush learn how to do it yes and again it's not too late and it won't be too late next week or next month either or next year yeah Yeah. (laughs) or next year (laughs) there'll just be something else although a lot of what we're talking about will probably still be around next year i mean that that's funny i mean people always talk about the demise of this that and the other and there it is again another year (laughs) 
yep. <laughs> so, including us we're still here but um I did you know people regular listeners to the show know that I'm very interested and in playing with sort of AI tools so in 2022 the emergence of image generators like Midjourney and Dolly and Stable Diffusion and text generators like ChatGPT and um and we've got coming in 2023 things like text to video and in fact Meta slash Facebook itself has a generative AI text to video which should be emerging at some point in 2023. So what are your thoughts on how we can use AI to help us create more and also sell more? Well, I think I've told you this before. I usually say you're about five years older than everybody else, but you're almost always right in the end. And and <laughs> in the end, <laughs> you're, you're definitely right about AI. I mean, um, I, I, you know, I'm, obviously I'm a long time listener of your show, and one of the reasons is because you really do keep your finger on the pulse of of what's coming up. And I, I would have said, we weirdly, this is I was at, I was in Florida last year for the Nink conference, and a writer Elizabeth Ann West, who m- might listen, she showed me pseudo write, and I wasn't convinced. I could see some potential, but I wasn't convinced. When I looked at Chat GPT late last year after you recommended it, I could immediately see. Um, I was just blown away. It was so impressive of what it could do. Um, and you know, people worry authors are worrying now about how AI is going to take our jobs. And I don't think that's a medium term threat, long term, potentially, but I, I don't think that's we're near that yet. But what I can see it doing, and I, I've already tested it, and it works really well, is generating ad copy. Um, mm. So you can you can tell it um, that you want you, you give it some information about your book and, and tell it to write a punchy blurb. And it's done a pretty good job with that, certainly as a first attempt, which you can then polish. I did it with headlines for Facebook ads. I, I asked for, I gave it an example and said, write me 10 more variations based on this example. And it came up with some really, really good ones. I mean, like I, ones I would use without changing. So I can definitely see that as a, as, as you describe it, these are kind of tools in our tool belt that we should learn how to use because they will make us more effective as marketers and also as authors with, with some things that it can do. So I'm not afraid of it. I, I'm quite excited that this is something that's going to really make things even more interesting over the next 12 months or 18 months. I mean, I, I really feel like 2023 is going to be a very interesting year in terms of the possibilities that emerge, but also yeah. some of the legal stuff that is going to have to come in because at the moment it's a free for all and there are no legal things at all about anything. Yeah, it's you kind of see whenever you get new technology, the law is usually very slow to catch up mm. um, and, and it's definitely very slow. I, I think copyright is copyright generally hasn't really been brought up to date to reflect the digital age it's it's a fairly static law that hasn't really evolved as much as it needs to and that there will be interesting cases i think over over the next couple of years that will bring a little bit more certainty because at the moment it's kind of like the wild west out there it is but i also it feels to me like the wild west when 2007 2008 the early days of digital yeah. in general yeah. which was just brilliant and so many people took so long to catch up and yet those of us who kind of got involved were able to build careers on this so hence why yeah. i continue to be up and also you mentioned i'm always 5 years early i f- first mentioned this in i think it was november 2016 so okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Given that it went mainstream in 2022, I'm about right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I think well, the reason I said that was you, we, we were talking about German translations a while ago, and I think you were a little early. Um, I was too early. 2014. Too it was too yeah. early. <laughs> but now, when did I do my first German translations? Probably about 2018. And uh, <laughs> the translated market now is a really, really important part of my business. So, yeah. Oh, now, I, I, you, you are kind of, you are Nostradamus. Like, you are definitely right almost all of the time, just that sometimes a little bit soon. 
Oh, super, super. But also Nostradamus was doom and gloom and I am not. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Very true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this ad challenge you have coming up. So this is a time sensitive thing, although I'm sure you'll have the Facebook group going. But tell us about this yeah. ad challenge. So what we're doing for the we launched the ads course ads for authors launches, I think, on the 18th of January. And on the 11th of January, we've got a kind of a one week um, we call it an expedition because we're trying to avoid the word challenge because that's a bit ubiquitous these days. So we, we have an ad expedition where, and this is really stretching the metaphor metaphor about as far, far as we can stretch it. We, we're going to climb the mountain of Facebook ads together and we're going to have seven days worth of short videos in a Facebook group with some email as well. Not, not particularly demanding. But what we will do is, well, I say what we, what I will do, because I'll be presenting this, is I'm showing authors how to use the very simplest kinds of Facebook ads to find um, readers and then add them to your mailing list. So the most important thing that you can do as an author is to build your mailing list with relevant readers. And I'm going to show you how to use Facebook ads to do that in a way that is not particularly expensive. You will definitely get readers. And that's one of these things I'm almost, I can't guarantee it, but I could guarantee it about as far as I can that at the end of it, you will have new readers readers for your books. And it will all take place within a community of, I think, about 1,500 other authors who will be kind of doing the same thing that you're doing at the same time. And I'll be in, in that Facebook group all the time as well, giving advice and answering questions. So we, yeah, we're quite excited about it. We have fairly high production values at SPF, so we're going to make sure this looks good. The content is completely up to date. I haven't even recorded it yet, so it'll be completely fresh and you'll get good results at the end of it. So where can people find that uh, yes, expedition? So, so the expedition <laughs> is at the page. You can find us on Facebook if you do a search for Facebook ads expedition. I think it will take you there. But we have a, a pretty link set up at selfpublishingformula.com forward slash FB for Facebook, FB expedition. And that will take you to a, a page where you can link directly to the Facebook group where all the action will take place. I think I might do that again. It's another one of my get back into ads, in, <laughs> which I always do every new year. But again, things change. And like you said, you haven't recorded it yet, probably because Facebook don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And then they suddenly roll out something yeah. new and you've just recorded a blooming video and then you have to change it again. <laughs> in in our experience, it's usually the week before we launch the course. I'm sure someone is watching us at Facebook HQ and going, right, wait, wait, wait now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to scramble for uh, uh, all week, basically re-recording everything, because one of the things we are very keen to make sure is everything is relevant when you take the course. And we also keep it up to date. So we have re-recorded things to make sure that even if you bought it five years ago, if you want to refresh yourself, it will, it will still be as it needs to be. Yes. And I am an affiliate for your Ads for Authors course, which is fantastic. And, and it goes into lots of other things. It's not just Facebook, is it? What else is in the course? Oh my goodness. Uh, it used to be, it was just Facebook ads for authors when we started, but it's Facebook, Amazon, BookBug, TikTok, ad copy, ad images. I don't know. There's about 60 hours worth of content now. It's a really big course, but we don't intend for you, you to do every single minute. Um, it is intended that if you want to learn about BookBub CPM ads, you can just do that particular section of the course and learn how to do it and be off and running without too much bother. Of course, if you want to do everything, then that's your option too, but it's not really intended to be consumed that way. Mm, no, it is a fantastic course. And if you would like to use my link, listeners, you can go to thecreativepen.com forward slash ads. And as ever, there will be links in the show notes. So final question, looking into the year ahead, what is coming this year for you as Mark Dawson, the author, and also for SPS? Right. So for me as an author, I've 
probably do three novels, maybe four, but I'd hope I'd hope to do four, and then two or three short stories. I've got a new character. Had a novella out just before Christmas that's done pretty well. So I'd like to do a couple more with him. And certainly more in German. And I am going to look at Italy, French and Spanish for translation. So a busy year. That's about the level I'd expect to uh, manage to, to hit. And then for SPF, um, as for authors, as, as we mentioned, launches on the 18th of January. And the other thing I'd say is we have the live show in June, which I think is the 20th and 21st of June. And details are at selfpublishingformula.com forward slash SPS live. I'm starting to, to schedule that now. And we've got, as I say, Bella Andre will be there. Elena Johnson's coming over from the States. Dave Chesson is coming over. And this will be the third time that we've done it. And it's all, it's been great fun. And we've had, you know, Joe's, uh, you, you spoke for the last couple of times and, and, uh, most popular session both times to my chagrin more popular than me Um, I'm not going to speak this year but I I have got my ticket I've got my ticket so I will be there and I'm really looking forward to that and um so so you can win best talk this year oh thank thank you that's great (laughs) I can win but I probably won't though with somebody else but no we had a lot of fun doing that and it's a lot of work and it's quite stressful but we always kind of finish the conference feeling that it's been a really really productive couple of days so looking forward to seeing authors there in on the south bank in london in june fantastic so where can people find you and your books online okay so books i'm at markjdawson.com and for the author side of things i'm at selfpublishingformula.com brilliant thanks so much for your time mark that was great thanks joe So I hope you enjoyed the discussion with Mark and that it gave you some ideas for your book marketing. And if you want to build your email list, check out the Facebook group for the expedition. And I am an affiliate of Mark's Ads for Authors course. So if you'd like to use my affiliate link to sign up for the waitlist or the course itself, just go to thecreativepen.com forward slash ads and that will redirect. And it doesn't cost you any more. It just uh, puts some money my way if you do purchase. On Monday, I'm talking to Ros Morris about how to finally finish your book this year. Now, in the survey I did last autumn, one of the most common challenges for writers was finishing a book. So we go through all the different things that might be stopping you and how to overcome them. So that is a craft episode for fiction and nonfiction. There are lots of things that stop people finishing. But this year, it is time to finish your book, especially if it's been going for too long whatever too long means to you also remember you can check out my pilgrimage kickstarter page or it will redirect to the sales page thecreativepen.com forward slash pilgrimage right happy writing and i'll see you next time thanks for listening today i hope you found it helpful you might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.